What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the show. Welcome back to another Monday afternoon. And today we are talking about a very special movie, a movie that I freaking loved. We're talking about Terminator Dark Fate. Get hyped, guys. We're going to tell you all the reasons this movie kicked ass. We'll see you in a second. Welcome to Popcorn Talk, featuring movie discussion, news, and interviews. Popcorn Talk. We talk movies. And now, here's Popcorn Talk's action movie anatomy. I love the drop. Ha-ha. 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 Guess who's back? I just did a ha-ha in the short time. Did you catch that? Ha-ha. Uh-huh. Ooh, there we Ooh, go. Look at that. Remix. Fist pump right there. That is a fist pump. I love that music that's, so that's, much. I mean, that's right at the beginning of T2. You hear that, and you're just, like, ready to go. They never really went back to it in this movie, which yeah. was weird. No. They, they, they teased it, but they never just fully mm. went back to the T2 music, which I, was, I found to be kind of strange, because that particular piece that theme which i know they had done every movie they've done it in every one so they decided they probably probably didn't didn't want to do it yeah overused but it's still like such a terminator thing trying to oh snap oh did we just do a medley (laughs) we did a bit of a medley there i can imagine john connor listening to this in his headphones whilst killing quilst (laughs) listening to still dre yeah (laughs) (laughs) another day another day against skynet it's a weird movie um all right, guys, what's going on? We're here. It's Action Movie Anatomy here on a Monday afternoon here on the Popcorn Talk Network, the online broadcast network dedicated to talking movies, all things movie-related and pop culture by the bucketful. I'm Ben Bateman. That's Andrew Guy. Woo! 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 Hype. Hype. We got Ryan Nilsson up in the booth. Ryan, how you doing, man? Doing well. Awesome weekend. Psyched to hear about Terminator Dark Fate, which I did not see. You haven't seen it yet. Didn't I know. I'm, I'm shocked you haven't. So tell us why you haven't seen it yet. Burned yeah. too many times, yep. and yep. I think there's better things in the theater. I mean, that you, your, your sentiment is echoed by many people as this film looks to lose a lot of money, so we will get into that a little bit more. Um, spoiler alert, Andrew and I both enjoyed this movie. Loved um, it. I actually love this movie. Yeah, I liked it, but I I definitely think that our opinions, and there are a few other critics, I've seen some people that we that we work with who have reviewed it well, um, we've gotten some hate for our opinions of liking this movie. Couldn't There's, care less. Well, I know that. I just, I'm surprised that people are as... yeah. So uh, they're, like, offended by the idea that we've talked positively about it, which is strange. It's like, this is the first time I've ever reviewed a movie positively, and I've had multiple comments between YouTube and Twitter being like, you're shilling for the studios. You oh, guys yeah. are obviously one of the paid. the first times I'd ever heard that. You're obviously paid to give good thoughts, and it's like, do you think that the studios are paying us to talk are. about Terminator? <laughs> All right, well, you must think pretty highly of us. We save our free, <clears throat> we save our free popcorn tokens that they give us at the movies. We I do. Mean, I've reprinted mine. Yeah. <laughs> So there's not a screener going on today. Yeah. Just take it. Take yeah. the voucher. I need free validation. Uh, uh, it's it's interesting because, you know, every single one of these franchises, whether it be Lord of the Rings, Star Wars, Terminator, what have you, the ones that carry the most weight behind them, the, the biggest fan base of DC, Marvel, no matter what, you lose when you're a critic. Yeah. There's no way that you can actually please everybody, and there's actually no way that you can not get assaulted verbally by the, mm. the half that isn't ready for this. So what I find so interesting about Terminator is that there's been all these other installments that people hated yeah, and were happy to hate, and now finally one comes along that's good enough. Yeah. Yes, it's not as good as one. No, it's not as good as two. But it's good enough. And, and now they're mad that you enjoy it because it's good enough. And you're giving it credit when they want you to just hate it as much as the other ones, but it, I don't know. Totally. It's so it's, weird. That's one of the strangest, that's one of the strangest things, right, is that, is that like, you, what did people want this movie to be? And, and what did people expect this movie could be? Like, yeah. what did they think that this movie was going to be in its best case scenario version if this movie just absolutely 
succeeded on all levels. It's like I think we talked about it on our stream last night, but if this is the Force Awakens to the, fr- the franchise that people talk about, if this is supposed to take the older characters and bring them back in, introduce new life with the younger characters, it's not like anybody looks at the Force Awakens and goes like, "Oh yeah, this is on the same level as Star Wars. This is the same level yeah. as, as as Empire. This is just as good." People go, <laughs> "No, this was like a really good reboot. <clears throat> I liked it enough. I'm excited for what comes next. You know, you guys did a great job. I liked a lot of it. That's the best you can do." And the Force Awakens is a really good movie. Yeah, that movie's great. Like. That's the best you get. This is not as good to the franchise as The Force Awakens is. Let, I mean, even if this movie was better than T2 somehow, yeah. do you think anyone would ever recognize happily it? admit it or recognize it? No. No. There's no way. It's it's the, it's the impossible. So we're going to get into all these things here, guys. But yep. here on the Popcorn Talk Network, we will be talking Dark Fate. If you guys want to follow along with the conversation, let us know your thoughts in the chat here. Be sure to follow along. You can find everything that we do all over the place at Action Industries, oh. at Team Action Show on Twitter. It has been an interesting and exciting week for Action Industries, especially if you check out our Patreon, patreon.com slash team action. We have generals. We have five-star generals out the wazoo. We will be giving shout-outs to that later, but the first shout-outs we have to do today are Dennis Gretzky and Jason Jackson. Big, big time salute to you guys from us for supporting our Patreon. Thank you so much. We will get to the crazy amount of upgrades we had. We had one of our best nights for our Patreon last night. It was absolutely insane. There was so much fun stuff. Uh, so much fun stuff. We have a, an action-packed show today. There's a lot to talk about. Um, so I want to just kind of just get right yep. into it. But uh, we cover action movies on this show. Uh, to date, we have covered Terminator 1 and 2 for sure. Yeah. I believe we never covered 3, 4, or 5. No, we I were, think there was a moment where, yeah. We were doing the show when 5 <clears> came <throat> out. I remember we had just started it. Oh, wait. No, I think we did Genesis. You did Genesis on Anatomy of a Movie. That is it. Okay, that sounds right. Yeah, we, because I haven't ever finished Genesis. <laughs> I got 20 minutes into the movie. And it's somebody better the other, than T2. Somebody the other day was like, ah, first 20 minutes of that movie are awesome, and then the rest is terrible. I was like, really? <laughs> i trying to remember the first 20 minutes of that movie. No, it wasn't awesome. It just wasn't bad. Yeah, I thought it was bad. <laughs> I mean, I didn't finish the movie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, not good. Not good. But uh, yeah, so we've we've done the first two. This will be the uh, the first time in our film we've done since T one and T two. Um, th- as you mentioned, this is a franchise that has, I think, pretty unfair standards to hit. But the action movies that we cover on the show adhere to four basic rules. Rule number one: the hero always plays by their own rules. Who's the hero of this movie? I believe the hero of the movie. It's got to be. It's got to be the girl. It's got to be. Um, I got to pull up her name right now because the I can't remember. Name. Yeah, the actress's name because I want to. I don't want to misspeak on it. Um, it's between her and Mackenzie Davis, right? Is that that's? I, I guess <laughs> yeah. so. I guess the whole. Yeah, you can't remember Mackenzie Davis's name. I don't know why. It's yeah. been like seven times. Uh, Natalia Reyes. Um, and then it's. It's like it, a team. It's a team effort. You got. You yeah, got all T- of them. T eight hundred Schwarzenegger. You got Linda Hamilton in there. Mm-hmm. Um. It's a team. I, I guess it's. it feels like, as it usually is the case, it's like humankind mm-hmm. is the hero, I guess, right? Like, it's the it's you're fighting for, like, the, 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 the... You're fighting for the survival of the human race. So you're using all these conduits to fight for that survival. Um, I think if you have to pick a true... If you had to pick one true hero in the movie, as much as it does feel like it should be Natalia, I think it actually is just Mackenzie Davis. I agree. Yeah. Um, the hero always plays by their own rules. She does feel like she plays by... The rules handed down to her by, like, the future. 
by Natalia. Yeah. And and also by the limitations of her body. Right. Um, also, guys, <clears throat> we are definitely going to spoil this movie. So, uh, oh, yeah. A lot of spoilers. If you, uh, Spoiler alert. If you are interested in uh, not being spoiled, it's probably a good episode not to watch. Um, but come back if you want to, you know, watch yeah, it No later. episode is a good episode not to watch. <laughs> but don't get spoiled. Rule number two, the hero and the villain are always the smartest people in the room, beings, things, dinosaurs, Terminators, what have you. Um, Terminators are always the smartest. Yeah, they the really ter- are. The Terminator is always the smartest bad guy for sure because that's just what Terminators are. And Linda Hamilton feels like the smartest in the room in this movie. But then Arnold actually ends up being... He's not smarter than her, but he's outsmarted parts of her. And certainly then, knows more about drapes. He certainly knows more <laughs> about drapes and cell phones and, and, and uh, potato chip bags. Yeah. And then Mackenzie Davis is... She's like your smart soldier. Yeah. Right? Like, she's the soldier that's not an idiot, that's not just following orders. She is actually above average intelligence for a soldier, but she's not the smartest person in the room. Well, because what she never does is she never has a moment where she's concealing something and you, then it's revealed and you're like, oh, you're such a hero. She Everything is, like, surface level. Everything, on the table for her. She's, every, all her uh, information well, is, like, put out on the table. She does hide that the girl is the one that saved her for a really long time. Yes. That's her one ace up the sleeve. And because she, she's, I don't think, the, I don't think Talia's ready to, to know carry that, that weight yeah. yet. Yeah. yeah. Rule number three, the movie is driven by a police, military, political, or mercenary figure. Uh-huh. Um, it's, it's funny that we added mercenary like two and a half years ago and it's still not on the outline. Nope. <laughs> Never will be. Yeah. Sweet. Police, um, military. Isn't there like militia also? Nah, did we, did we never do that? I thought we did militia because of the of uh, the Patriot. The Patriot, maybe. Nah, he leads just... a militia. <laughs> Benjamin Gates. Speaking of of, of him, uh, he's got a new movie coming out. Roland Emmerich. He's got a movie called Midway coming out. And you know what show he's going on? He's going on Collider Live this week. Oh, Roland wow. Emmerich is going to go do it a full interview. That's exciting. I'm excited to, to watch that. I like Roland Emmerich. I like Roland Emmerich. I mean, he's Emmerich. made a lot of bad movies. He's made a lot of bad movies, <laughs> but even his bad movies I like. They're so, enjoyable. And we yeah. So we'll we'll get to that later. Rule number four: the uh, movie contains a minimum of one explosion. Yeah, Terminator movies always have a lot of explosions. Um, so, uh, oh, Cody Seal says the T-100 actually, Ben. Interesting. Is it 800 died? No, no, I guess, is it, uh, the, is it the T-100 is the one from... T-1000 is T-2. T-800 T- is the original. Maybe. Or is the T-800 the one from T-2, and the T-100 is the one... No. I'm looking it up. <laughs> There's no way. No, I think what it is is the T-100 that comes in Terminator 1, there was multiples of the T-100. Then the T-800 is sent back to protect John Connor in T-2, and the T-1000 is Robert Patrick. That's what I think it is. Okay, that sounds fine. Maybe. But the T-1, I don't know. Cody, aside from letting me know that my best player in fantasy fumbled last night on my stream. uh, Why don't you run your own (laughs) show, Cody Seal? You can call things whatever you'd like. Big salute to Cody Seal. General General in the action army. Boom. Big salute to you. There's so many salutes now. Um, Uh, All right. So, and then uh, rule number four, the movie contains a minimum of one explosion. It's a Terminator movie. There's always going to be explosions in Terminator movies. I got the 800 facts or the 100 facts. What do we got? Lay it out. T-100s from this movie, oddly enough. T one thousand T two, yeah. T one thousand is from T two. T eight hundred is from Salvation. What? What? The hell is Salvation? The prototype was the it's the first time they're like, oh, it's the prototype in the film Terminator Salvation. So what is he in Terminator? One thousand. No. No. T one must be the T one hundred. One thousand we got Terminator Oh yeah, sorry, Terminator two and Genesis are T one thousand. And for the first Terminator Check that one right I blame, should have done this over the last week. I blame General Seal. Um, <laughs> it's all Cody's fault. Making us look like idiots on our own show. 
T100 was first T100 is the first T100. one. <laughs> okay, all right. Well, I feel like we learned nothing from this whole, <laughs> this whole thing. So much appreciated to Ryan and to Cody. And um, so coming up on the show today, we are going to be discussing this franchise, the future of it. Is this franchise dead? We are going to be having a quick conversation about Practical versus CGI. We have a little bit of inside baseball stuff as far as the production of this movie with uh, Eddie Green's 101 podcast. He's uh, We're going to be featuring a little segment with him that we did. Um, and uh, we are going to be talking about all of our other fun games that we do on the show, such as... Thesis statement, favorite line, fist bump moment, and we're going to recap last night's yes. action face-off commanding the army, which is a Patreon thing we started doing. Ryan, I was going to tell you about this before the show. What's that? Uh, um, stay it's tuned. So sweet. I'll okay. get, I'll get stay, to it a little later in the he show. He just leaves the booth when yeah. we start talking about it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's really sweet. It's, uh, it's really fun. So we're going to talk about that a little later. But let's, let's, let's talk about the movie right now. Yeah. Um, we always start with thesis statement. This is your biggest bullet of thought about the film. Something happens uh, in the movie, and you're sort of like, okay, I'm going to focus on this as my point. This is going to be the thing that I – this is the best thing about this movie. The only, the first, the last, mm-hmm. the greatest, almost like rooted in hyperbole. This is your biggest point about the movie. Um, now, you seem to be pretty excited about yours, but I also know that it led into another conversation. So I'm going to start with mine. Okay. And that le- let you go in with yours. Okay. So my thesis statement about this movie is that this movie – came out five to ten years too early. Now, I can explain it in two different ways. Um, because I don't believe in five to ten years you can make this movie with Arnold Linda Hamilton. I think they're already on the edge yeah. of being at the, at the age that feels like it's believable. Uh, like, watching a Terminator throw Linda Hamilton around is like, if you were 25 when this was happening, it would already be kind of unbelievable. But the fact that you're like 60 and getting like tossed across the room by a machine and just getting up and like picking up a gun is like a like a little tough to buy. Yeah. Um, but then on top of that, I, I just think Schwarzenegger like you can even see it in his body like at Schwarzenegger's age to be in the shape he's in. You can push your body pretty hard. You can't push your body that hard. Um, so I think if it's another five, ten years, this movie gets pretty hard to make. But I also think that means that had they. Let's just say they had made, you know, T3 and then T4 and not made Genesis, right? Let's say that this movie had come out and the last Terminator movie was 10 years ago. I think that this movie is okay. I think this movie survives. I think people see this movie. I think this movie – like they didn't wait. They they made too many Terminators in too short of a time and people got burned too consistently. The last Terminator movie came out four years ago, right? Prior to that one, the last Terminator movie was six years before that. You know, before that one, they had waited six years. But, like, if you had made this, if you had just skipped Genesis and this movie had come out and we had ten years between Terminators, mm-hmm. I think people would have disliked Salvation, but they just wouldn't have held it against the franchise so much. Well, the thing is, is that Genesis was supposed to be a, a, re, a reimagining and the start of a new trilogy. It was supposed to be the start of a new series. Yeah. And it just didn't happen because it was bad and it didn't do well. The box office didn't do well. It wasn't well received by critics. So, like... <clears throat> if Genesis just doesn't happen, they wait longer and then they end up doing this movie. I think they're they're in a better place in the sense of they could start another Terminator trilogy if they wanted or another Terminator si- series. And it feels like it would be far enough disconnected from the originals. But um, I do think that it would have been really hard to get Arnold and Linda in there and to believe it. It's It makes me sad because it feels like this is the last go around I can really expect with those guys. Uh, yeah. Maybe we get one more, but like I can't really see even if they somehow can like muster the strength to make one more of these. But, look, we've seen it happen, guys. The, at the end of the day, box office is king. I mean, that is truly, honestly what it is. And yep. you'll see bad decisions get made by studios 
with properties based on that. Nobody's going to look, look me in the face and tell me that The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, directed by David Fincher, is a bad movie. That movie's fucking awesome. Yeah. That movie's great. It's a great they movie. They were supposed to make a trilogy. It didn't do well at the box office, and it was too dark for people's taste, so they never made the second movie. Then, years later, they just decided to make another movie in the franchise with a different actress and a different director, and that movie, no one cared uh. or saw it. Like, it's one of those things where you look at Hollywood. That's like one of the worst, yeah, the, one of the worst decisions that we've had in Hollywood in a long time is you, that. You guys make enough, like, Claire Foy is a good actress. I've heard that movie yeah. was pretty cool. I didn't care. I didn't watch it. I don't really want to watch it. I just love the first one. I love the one with Daniel Craig. I think that's a great movie. I would watch it again. I would love watch it. a sequel. I would have loved to watch a sequel. Oh, of course. Could you imagine if Fincher had directed that whole trilogy? So, anyway, long story <clears throat> short, I, I just think that there was a difference of five to ten years needed to make this franchise sing that we just didn't have the luxury of because that's just what these guys do, and Universal needed to make this movie. So, my thesis is, it's interesting because we are just talking about trilogies, uh, I truly believe that if this movie, if Dark Fate was the third film in this franchise, the third installment, it would go down as one of the greatest action movie trilogies ever made. But because of the other movies that happened in between, how much it disappointed us as an audience, how many times we'd been let down, like Ryan said, it destroyed this franchise. Five, Terminator Dark Fate will never get the respect that it deserves because now it's a good enough Terminator movie that came too late that will always be compared to T1 and T2. And for some reason, Terminator diehards feel like if five is good, it takes away from one and two. Whereas if three is good, it doesn't take away... It adds to a great trilogy, and those two still stand above it. Yeah, I didn't, because I have self-respect, go back and rewatch three, four, and five prior to this episode. Uh, I did my I did my time on those movies, mm-hmm. uh, aside from Genesis that I couldn't finish. Yeah, I didn't want to like spend the time rewatching them again. Um, but it, it's really interesting, you know. One of the generals in the Action Army, uh, a five-star general actually in the Action Army now, Mac Ryan, uh, is somebody who's a gigantic Terminator fan, really huge fan. And Mac got excited because we talked about that we liked this movie. And then when he saw the film, he was disappointed. He didn't Incredibly like it. Disappointed, yeah. Um, it, similar to you know, and obviously we're we're gonna play a little clip later of Eddie Green, who's had a podcast called Terminator One Hundred One. He had his pros, but he also had his cons. I think when you're so invested in like the history of the franchise, it's just really hard to appreciate the good things about this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's okay to say the same we did that like Linda Hamilton is awesome. I think a lot of the things that we liked about this movie, they can get on board with too. But it's like we see like 12, 15 movies a week some weeks. I can't get that invested in like the lineage and history of Terminator. I can't I just can't care that much. I can I can evaluate it on face value. I can know that T2 is maybe the greatest action movie ever made. I can know that 1 and 2 are great pieces of history that I have a great attachment for. Mm-hmm. But I just can't get that disappointed by 6 because it's not as good as I remember 1 and 2. It's just I and I, it's not going to affect me that much. This movie was above average. I liked this movie. I enjoyed a lot of it. I, I recognize the flaws. <clears throat> We're going to talk about them. But, like, aside from that, like, it's not horrible. It's not offensive. There are movies that are offensively bad. This is so completely in a different camp than that. Like, yeah. the flaws in this movie do not make this movie bad. No. And, no. and it's not a bad movie. And, and, again, I think it's it's just because of this this thing, this the pedestal that we've put T1 and T2 up on, yes, they are very, very great action movies. They really are. And the first one's a really nice, a really well-made drama, but this movie, T6, Dark Fate, whatever you want to call it, is just good. It's good enough to have just been the third great movie in the in the trilogy. 
Yeah. And the other ones just didn't need to happen. Genesis, you can't make John Connor a bad guy. Yeah. You just can't do it. That's something that you're going to really piss off Terminator fans with doing. AJ Lancaster here in the chat says, uh, he liked T3 through 5, but only after everybody completely lowered my standards. Also, hmm. uh, not written here is that he thinks about Schmidt as a better film than any of them. Uh, <laughs> AJ, salute to General Lancaster. Uh, he's part of the action face-off we're going to talk about a little later. Very excited to talk about that. I'm, I'm more excited to talk about that than almost anything today. It was so, so much fun. I had so much fun. I had, it was a blast. So uh, those are our thesis statements, guys. I saw some of yours in the chat. But what was your thesis statement? What, really? I, well, I thought we were just talking about mine with the different eight, the years. The whole thing is saying that it should be the third film in the, in the oh, franchise. Oh, the, 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 the trilogy, trilogy thing. Yeah. Sorry, I thought that was a continuation of what I was just saying. Yes. <clears throat> yeah, um, so, and, and that leads to the, the conversation of where do you go from here with Terminator, right? Because now that it is yeah. the sixth film instead of the third... And it flopped once again. We've got another Terminator movie flopping at the box office. This is a bad one. This one looks like it's probably going to lose $100 million. Where do you, what do you do? You got Arnold. You got Linda. You got Mackenzie Davis, up and comer. You got the special effects. You got the money. It's a good time to release it. Yeah. What, what do you do? You kill the franchise. It's you, over. You have to. So we had a big conversation at one point on one of our shows. I don't remember which one it was. It was in, oh, I think it was probably around uh, the time Jason Bourne came out, would be my okay. guess. And I think the conversation was, which of these franchises has to die? Um, and I think we were talking about James Bond, J- uh, Jason Bourne, Mission and Impossible. Mission Impossible, yeah. And the whole conversation came <clears> up <throat> of, like, when do you kill a franchise? How do you kill a franchise? Is it okay to kill a franchise? And some of them, you know, if you tell me that you're going to kill Mission Impossible, like, eh, maybe. Like, if Cruz retires from, from the role, it's probably a pretty tough sell for that franchise to work without Tom Cruise. I don't know. It's the thing that franchise is Tom Cruise, right? Yeah. If you tell me that James Bond is going to die, I mean, I don't really like most James Bond movies, but that's preposterous. It's been played by like seven actors. Yeah, you or can't just over kill James Bond. You just keep making those movies forever. Like, yeah. you know, even if you reboot the whole thing, Jason Bourne. That's I think we both agreed that was the franchise that needed to die because it just didn't feel like we were getting enough out of it. There wasn't enough history. This is a franchise that I look at and I just go like, if 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 Schwarzenegger's not in the movie like they did with Salvation, right? It's a different movie. If you don't have any of the original cast members, and now because you're dealing with different timelines and time travel, so like when people want to say it's retcon and three, four, five didn't happen, this is a direct sequel to two. Yeah, okay, big movie nerds like us that talk about it all the time will understand that when we watch this movie, we're supposed to understand that. Do you really think that my mom on her next flight when she turns on Terminator Dark Fate has any fucking clue what we're talking about? Right. None. She or if had, you're like, well, or even if you're someone that's seen all all of the Terminator movies and then you're being told, well, now you just can't remember this one. You just can't think about these. This one comes afterward. It's actually three, but it's really six, so it comes in between four. You're like, what? My brother was the guy that got me watching movies when I was growing up. He's seen one and two a ton of times. He loves T2. I think he probably has seen one of the ones in between there. You're telling yeah. me that if he VODs this movie once it's out of theaters and watches it at home, he's not going to just be asking all the questions of like, Wait, what about that thing that I saw in that other Terminator movie? I guess it's a Terminator movie. There's like time travel. Uh, no, it, doesn't, it didn't happen. It's like nobody's <laughs> going to explain that to you. That doesn't happen. That's not how movies work. You don't get to just say like none of that happened. This happens. Yeah. You know, and so I, I just think that at this point, as sad as it is for me to say, I can't imagine what they would have to make with the next Terminator movie for me to be like, this was a great idea. It totally worked. It forgives all the mistakes of the past. And also like... Think about what they would have to do. I think one of the problems of this movie is that I think that the Terminator itself is too powerful. I think he's almost too unkillable. You have to evolve him to be stronger if you make another movie because that's how these movies work. Well, it's like – I also think you need to make him smarter, right? It doesn't need to just be 
overly powerful, which is what this felt like. And you know what? I'll actually steal something that Roxy Stryer said because she was at the same screener that we were at. She said the biggest problem with this movie is that they killed Mackenzie Davis. And that is actually the biggest problem in this movie. You expect Arnold and Linda to go, even though Linda doesn't go. Yeah. Spoilers are still happening. Um, but you kill Mackenzie Davis, and yeah, they can technically bring her back if, they, if you figure out a way to, to pull that bullshit off. No one wants that. She should have lived at the end of the movie. She's the person you care about. I'm sorry. Reyes is great. And yeah. her character is cool in the in the little like you know the the the, the flipperoo that they pull on you the yeah. switcheroo and let you know that she's actually yeah did you, make up, did you just make up the word flipperoo? flipperoo it's because it felt so lame like when it happened like yes it was cool but it was also just like of course she's the captain and the commander and there is no John Connor I thought you were talking about when you used the phrase flipperoo no that was pretty sweet. cool no that was awesome <laughs> that was one of the coolest moments I've had on this show <laughs> but Mackenzie Davis needed to stay alive. She's the most interesting person in the movie. She does a really, really great job. She's a total badass. Yeah. She's very convincing. She's got a lot of depth. She she does it. She carries the load of the movie on her shoulders. And now with her gone, if if what they could have done to make me go and watch a Terminator movie next year or two years from now, yeah. Mackenzie Davis is back in it. Totally agree. I, I thought, because um, I really want to talk about, I think, some of the most positive parts about this movie and some of the things we liked the most. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the things I liked the most about this movie was when she shows up, she physically fits the role so well. She's like, it, she's you can tell she's jacked. Yeah. Like, she's I, worked out. Yeah, for sure. And I've, I've seen a decent amount of things that Mackenzie Davis has been in now. And so I remember when they announced her for this, I remember thinking like, yeah, she's got the she's got the build, she's got the height, she like has the sort of look that and I thought that stuff with like where you could see the like scars on her body of yeah. all the all the implementations in her body. I thought her, the whole design of her as a character was, she was really awesome. And like I I didn't even I was not convinced by her in the first few moments of the movie. I was not convinced until the first fight, the first Terminator fight. Yeah. And I was like, "Oh shit." Okay. All right. I'm in, girl. You you can rock this. She also has a line, right, where she's like, um, <clears throat> she asks for the guy's clothes under the bridge, and and the guy's like, thanks. And she walks up, and she gets like real close to him, and she's like, don't thank me yet. And I was like, oh. I didn't know if she was a Terminator or yeah, not. So yeah, I was yeah, like, yeah. if she's a Terminator, this is so stupid. Why did she just say right, that? Now she's going to kill him. Lame. But then you find out she's a person, and you're yeah, like, oh, she steals her car. And that's sweet. Why. Yeah. yeah, she was awesome. Um, so I think we can both agree with that. Uh, what I want to do is once we Yash Srivastara, uh, yeah, just cl- a, classic Yash. Yeah. This is classic Yash. trash execution. Just just looking. Roger's room is garbage. <laughs> David Goyer's a hack. Yep, to- well, to- toes the line here. Be honest. Happy to have you here once again, Yash. Not surprised by your comments. Keep 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 being you. Keep, keep on, doing you. Keep on keeping on. Um. All right. So uh, once we get to critical and box office, we're both going to give our actual rating on a scale of one to ten of this. But I want to wait till that to actually talk about what we thought about it. Okay. In terms of proper. But so right now, I want to get into the moment of the show called fist bump moment. <sighs> Something happens in the movie. You look around. Are you seeing this right now? This is so awesome. You get so hyped. You want to watch the rest of the movie. You are so pumped to do it. And I have to say, this movie had a lot of them. There really were a lot of them. This movie had, like, a bunch of stuff that I was really hyped on. And I don't know if you and I have exactly the same one, but it definitely feel In the theater, we certainly had it. Oh, yeah. And I think I think that I just have to use it because it was it was the right moment. When you first see Linda Hamilton. She's so awesome. When, so it's we're on the highway. We're like getting to the climax of this big, like, 25-minute action sequence that opens the movie. It's a badass action sequence. The car chases. It's a really good action chase. Like, there's so much cool everything. stuff with, like, the pipes and Mackenzie Davis. And, yep. like, you see the exoskeleton under the liquid, and he gets on the car. Yeah, and, and you finally see the, you see it split for, like, the first oh. time. And you're kind of trying to figure out, or maybe it's the second time, but you're trying to understand how exactly it works. Yeah, there's only, like, brief moments in this where, like, the CGI... Or or like the weirdness of like the Terminator jumping so high took me out of it. But aside mm. from that, 
I was pretty engaged. I mean, I thought I thought it was pretty awesome. Like, I really liked the stuff where like Reyes is freaking out. She's like, "You have to save my brother," and Mackenzie Davis is like, "We can't. He's dead. Move on." Yeah, like she, classic Terminator stuff. Um, and so that's awesome. And but then all of a sudden you're like, "What are they going to do?" And it's just you just like see her foot step out of the car and just start unloading. And it's just like, and she's using the same shotgun it that just killed that killed John. It's just so like satisfying. It's so... Because uh, well, you knew she was coming. Yeah. You, you didn't know when she was going to come in, and you didn't know how they were going to do it, but you knew they were going it, to... It's that thing where you're like, all right, we know something really sweet's going to happen when Linda Hamilton comes on screen. Can they pull it off? And they totally do. Yeah. And then she even says, I'll be back, which is like, you almost hate it, but you mostly love it. Yeah, because, I mean, there is like this one really weird sort of tongue-in-cheek thing that Cameron is so obsessed with in this franchise for whatever reason. It's like going back to the first movie... It wasn't in the first movie. So the the whole idea of Schwarzenegger saying, I'll be back in the first movie. Yeah. That's not funny or quirky when he says it. No. The first time, he just drives a car through a police station and, like... <laughs> and murders people. As a Terminator, he, he'll be back. <laughs> so that's what he does. In the second movie, they do a bunch of that stuff where, like, you know, the hasta la vista baby yeah. and all that stuff. Like, that. that's... They, they really focus on... They lean into that sort of, like, campy humor. And then they continue to try it, like, movie after movie. Three has a lot of it. Yeah. Um... And that's, like, one of the only moments in this movie that does it. Like, we're in that way. Because there's some humor with Schwarzenegger that I really like. I actually like the humor with Schwarzenegger. But specifically when Linda Hamilton says it. It's, like, the callback line, you know. And it, it is what it is. So say, I, try, I change diapers efficiently. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a good say. listener. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> I'm a good partner. Um, it, Our relationship was, is not physical. Yeah. <laughs> that stuff was really funny. Like... Oh, it's so good. And he's got the, like... This would be hard to explain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just shoots him. <laughs> uh, all right, so other fist pumps, though. Um, so we got, yeah, so Paul Denise says, Sarah Connor and the Carl moment when he's hanging off the plane and she could have taken him. Yeah. Which, I'm trying to think of what that is. Mm. Uh, at the end, Schwarzenegger's hanging off of the, oh, the, the ramp. Oh, gotcha, arm. gotcha. And she lets him, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, she yeah. She could have, like, tried to get him off the thing. Uh-huh. Liam Gilpin says, when Arnie comes back with one arm climbing the dam and the T2 music kicks in. Yeah. Oh, so that is when the music, the music, but they don't do the full-on dun-dun. I didn't think they did the whole thing. We got Cody Seal saying, a lot of fist pumps for me, but it came in the final for John, which was cool. I like that. The T-1000 in a helicopter was cooler than the CGI third act. Are you talking about helicopter? Must be Robert Patrick flying the helicopter in two? Right, he. I mean, that's what he's. That's the only time the T one thousands in a movie. I was just trying to think if he's talking about like, is there a liquid moment in this where he's flying a helicopter? There is, isn't there? Doesn't he get a helicopter? Uh, yeah, but he's not. I don't think he's talking about this. Is Yash, dude? Yeah. He wouldn't. He wouldn't be praising Dark <laughs> Fates. Fair enough. Um, so uh, I think my other fist pump that I'll go with because uh, I just definitely thought this was sweet. Oh, and I'm extremely funny. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. The, the, I mean, the writing on that was great. Yeah, it, was it really was, and his execution is is wonderful. And the humor of that was very much like Tim Miller Deadpool. You were like, uh-huh. okay, I get this. Yeah. you're you're a guy that understands how to use this effectively, and it doesn't overpower the movie. When Schwarzenegger unloads the machine gun into. Uh, Gabriel Luna's head, his oh, face. Yeah. He's like, I think it's. I think he's got him pinned. He's either on the plane or he's like 
think he's on the plane. Uh-huh, I think so. And he just, like, close range, unloads the full machine gun straight into his face, and it's you like, see all the stuff, like, yeah. congealing off his face. That was such a fist pump. That was like, yes! Yeah, I mean, honestly, the fights were really sweet. Like, really the, sweet. the fights between Mackenzie Davis and Gabriel Luna were really, really awesome. In the factory at the beginning, their yeah. whole, like, that was badass. It was amazing. And, like, her with the hammer and, like, hitting it. She, like, the chain. The chain. Oh, yeah, the chain at the end. That's, that was sick. And like I love I love the idea of her being an augmented human and and like what an augmented human can do. And she even references she's like, Well, I'm an augmented human that can see a thousand or whatever with her improved eyes yeah, when yeah, she's yeah. like trying to talk to Linda Hamilton. It was all just enough. You know, nothing was, was too much for me. Um so yeah, those are probably my uh those are probably my my fist pumps. Yeah, because there was also like just stuff with the creation of her character that I thought was really cool too. Like I especially liked how she says, like, my my metabolism is built for short bursts. If you don't mm, kill a Terminator, mm-hmm. you die. So, like, when she's explaining why she's so strong, but why she's running out of gas, yeah, like that's really cool. That's the that's the type of stuff that that's the type of stuff that makes me feel like it's a Cameronism, where like he's thought about this stuff. You know, one of the things because uh, we're we're gonna play this little clip in a bit here from Eddie Green, but one of the things he said Cameron's biggest contributions to this movie was was the idea of what does a Terminator do after his mission is complete? Mm. If a Terminator kills its target. It's just on Earth. How does Carl happen? And, like, right. the idea of that is one of the Cameron's big contributions to this movie, which is cool. Like, I, I like those ideas that Cameron has these big sci-fi ideas that make it into the movie. I, I, I think that's pretty badass. Um, I uh, I did get a slight fist pump when you figured out that, uh, I think, for some reason I want to call her Danny in the movie, but I feel like that's not right. Um, what is her name? Natalia Reyes' character's name? Mm, Donnie oh. Ramos. It is Danny. Danny. Okay, Danny. yeah, yeah. For some reason, I actually, even though I found it somewhat predictable, because it was like, I didn't think that she was just going to have a baby again and it was going to be the next John Connor. Yeah, yeah, I had yeah. a feeling it was going to be her, but then the time, the timelines kind of are hard to follow, right? Because she still seems super young when she meets Mackenzie Davis as a baby, but then yeah. at the end of the movie, you see her watching Mackenzie Davis play. So I like that they were able to toy with the timelines just enough to where that was somewhat of a reveal when you figured out that she was actually a badass. Yeah, well, because I think it started to be clear to most people watching that there was something going on like that, like you're saying. I think at one point, uh, like 30 or 40 minutes into the movie, because Roxy was sitting next to her, she leaned over and she was like, she's her mom. She like for, for a second mm. she thought that you know uh, Danny was was Grace's mom maybe right and maybe that's how it worked and I had a sweet fist bump moment too when it was like the whole Terminator franchise has has the precipice it's it's been sitting on the fact that the man saves the world yeah like the, this right. man saves the world and then it's like oh well yeah but Linda Hamilton is the mom so she's got to protect her son so it, it but then this movie was just like nah there's no man it's just all women it's just literally these two women are the ones that are here to save the world and i thought that was pretty cool i liked it a lot more than the avengers endgame moment where they all just stepped out you right. know i i completely agree cuz that's like that felt that in some ways that moment even though it's a powerful moment does feel more like pandering like like it's like a it's a cinematic moment but right. it also feels like it's being pretty kind of spoon fed. Well, it just felt like how would this have happened in the middle of the battlefield that that, that yes. only the women would be separated when you're. So I, that was one of the things with Endgame, and and I liked the way that they were able to communicate the same message in this movie without just like hitting you in the face. And Cameron is pretty famous for like in general having pretty strong female characters Always. in his movies. You Always, know? yeah, pretty capable female characters. So 
Those are our fist pump moments, guys. We're going to get into career profiles here for just a second. Did you have any other fist pumps you wanted to add? Or No, I think that's it. So let's talk through these. You know, Linda Hamilton, 2019, movie called Easy Does It. Curvature in 2017, A Sunday Horse, 2016. Truth be told, Linda Hamilton's never had much of an acting career outside of the Terminator franchise. Even if you go back to the old films, uh, after T1, before T2, she doesn't have a lot of credits that are notable. Mm-hmm. She is most famous for having played this role. And uh, I honestly was not even aware she was really acting prior to this movie. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. I ever expect to see Linda, Linda Hamilton act again, honestly. I didn't know if there was ever going to be another Terminator movie, and then when I heard this was announced, I was like, okay, all right, this is, this is maybe this is the last thing. Here's the thing, is you could look at this as an audition tape for Linda Hamilton again to remind you that she's got it. She's a good actress. Yeah. She's not just a badass. She's actually a really good actress. I agree. And there was a couple moments in this movie that they were going for it with her to try to establish just how dark her life has been. She has mm-hmm. that one line where she says, you know, I do this, I hunt Terminators, and I drink till I black out. Yeah. And, like, that was, like, one of those moments where you were, like, she says it with this, like, crazy in her eyes a little bit. Do you know what I mean? That line when she says it, she says it with this, like, empty craziness in her eyes where I was, like, I that line is hitting me over the head with just how dark her life is. But I don't, it's, like, I don't know how much I believe that side of her as an actress. I wasn't sure. Yeah. Uh, but I did, I did like her a lot in this movie. Um Moving on to Schwarzenegger. Uh, I gotta, I gotta just clarify something here. Someone oh. says, "No, that wasn't cool." Terminator has never been about boys versus girls. I would encourage you to rewind what I just said. I never, never said anything about boys versus girls. Yeah, it's nothing. not about men versus women. It's just about who is the hero of the film. Right. That is all. Yeah, and and the notion that the notion that there is a great commander who sends back this soldier, both of whom are women, in this movie, whereas John Connor is the savior of the human race and is a man in the earlier film. So it's a nice change to get a different perspective. So we appreciate awesome. you watching, but maybe read and listen before you speak. Uh, all right, so moving on to Arnold Schwarzenegger. Journey to China, The Mystery of the Iron Mask in 2019, Killing Gunther in 2017, and Aftermath in 2017. Never heard of any of them. So Aftermath <clears throat> is a, like a heist movie or something like that. It's like, I think it's the... I remember it. There's one called Aftermath. There's one called Sabotage. Oh, I remember. I remember Aftermath. I remember the cover. Yeah, I haven't seen it. Exactly. Though. He's like a cop or a something. He's got a bulletproof vest. Killing Gunther is <laughs> he's the got a cop. He's a gun. Killing Gunther is the Taron Killam one, uh, which is like the hitman comedy. And uh, Schwarzenegger is a hitman. Okay. Named Gunther. That's the one. When I talked to Taron Killam about Schwarzenegger earlier this year on that carpet. We, and we were doing our Schwarzenegger impressions. Uh, that That's the movie. He, and he was talking, because I was like, I'm such a Schwarzenegger nerd. I like nerd out for this stuff. Right. And I was like, did you? And he was like, dude, are you kidding me? I was like, he was like, I grew up as the biggest Schwarzenegger fan in the entire world. Who is this? Taron Killam. And he's like, oh, he's like getting to come to set and work with this guy on the days that we worked with him. He was like, it was like a kid in a candy store for me. And then I tried to do the cabinet minister line, but it was so cold, my mouth didn't move properly. He was like, yeah, okay. It was okay, kid. <laughs> I don't know, Journey into China. Um, yeah, I don't either. And then Mackenzie Davis, uh, so she's most known for Tully, 2018. That was kind of the the last, or the, the movie that you said kind of broke her through. It felt like she was in Blade Runner 2049, and then it was, uh, there was a TV show. She was on, um, uh, somebody, oh, she's in Halt and Catch Fire, I believe. Okay. She's also in, um, she has a role in The Martian. She's one of the, she works at NASA. Okay, okay. She, um, and then there's a movie called Izzy Gets the Fuck Across Town. That's like an indie. It's, it's, it's all right. It's I've a, heard pretty good things about that movie, surprisingly, even though I haven't heard much about it. It's entertaining. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I liked it okay. Um, and to, all, real quick, I just want to add in, she's also in one of the most well-renowned episodes of Black Mirror with San Junipero. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, I haven't okay, watched the show. Okay, okay. Um, yeah, so, I mean, Tully is, is the big, that's the one, like, the 
Uh, well, okay. We should really clarify this. The movie that actually breaks her is a, like a thing that people see as Blade Runner. It's 2049, 2049 right? That's a huge movie. But I love 2049, and I didn't. I don't remember Mackenzie Davis standing out. She's the other person in Tully next to Charlize, mm-hmm. and that's a Jason Reitman movie, and like that whole thing. So that's why that's relevant. Um, but yeah, all three of these. I mean, all three of these people did a great job in the movie. I just think that most specifically. Um, most specifically, Mackenzie Davis is the one that should have still been in the franchise, and unfortunately, she's yeah. not. Uh, and and it's a bummer that it's a bummer that she's not a Terminator from the future, like where they can make another version of her and send her back. But if they wanted to come up with something in the next movie, if they decided to do it, they could send her. They could put her back. It just feels like if they do bring her back, they'll be doing a lot of the things that we dislike about the other movies, and or just like what we dislike about movies in general. It'll be like, oh, we saved a part of her brain or her DNA, and we built it a lab, we recreated her. Exactly, Here she is again. Exactly. You know, like no one wants that. And I just don't think, like, they need to make another Terminator movie. If they do make another Terminator movie and they want to reboot the franchise in, like, ten years, maybe. But even then, like, it, you're not going to have Schwarzenegger, so it's it's a whole different conversation. So, so let's talk a little bit about production development here. Yeah, so by December 2013, Skydance Productions was planning for Terminator Genesis to be the start of a new trilogy of films. Congratulations on that idea. Terminator Genesis was produced by Skydance founder David Ellison and was released in 2015, but development of the planned trilogy was stalled after the film's disappointing box office performance. Dana Goldberg, the chief creative officer for Skydance, said in October 2015 that she wouldn't say... The franchise is the franchise is on hold so much as readjusting. Shortly thereafter, it was canceled. Uh, Elson felt that Terminator Genesis could have been better, so he recruited the franchise creator James Cameron to produce the subsequent film, and with him in hopes of creating a better film, Cameron was intrigued by the proposal. And uh, I think that's really interesting because Cameron was behind three originally. I mean, he's been behind. Hasn't he been behind all of them? But then he hated all of them. I don't think he had put his name directly on any of them since since two. Okay. I think I think that he had been involved, but it was like I, that's like the background of three, four, and five. I don't think that he was on in a way like he is in this one. The one, in fact, I think probably it's a good time to cue it. We have this audio that I want to play really quickly, and it's a quick clip of Eddie Green, uh, who has a show right now called uh, Eddie Green's One Hundred and One, uh, and formerly it was a show called Terminator One Hundred and One. It was a yeah. podcast, and you know he Eddie's a longtime action fan. He Hustles had a lot of really good Terminator guests on his shows. He just had Xander Berkeley, obviously greatest shit weasel of all time. Uh, T two, he gets owned. Yeah, T two. Yeah, Michael Bean on an episode. Several of the actors from this. So we'll just queue up a quick clip of him talking about this real fast. No, 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 no. The the critics are definitely correct um, that this is definitely the strongest sequel since T two. Um, although I would argue that maybe T two three D Battle Across Time is stronger. Uh, the uh, the Universal Studios attraction. Um, yeah, because, uh, that had Cameron on board as the director. And I think that's, I think that is the issue amongst many other issues. I think it's the fact that you don't have him on set every single day and approving things and, and, and giving it the Cameron touch. He wasn't there. I, when I had the guests on, when I had Brett Azar, who's Arnold's body double at the beginning for the young Arnold. He was the he was the guy that was gigantic arm vein. basically yeah, so the guy that they put the CGI over, um, you know, uh, to Claudia through Hio. She was the uh, Maria. She was the one that was under the bridge when Mackenzie Davis arrives. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I had her on. I, and I said, was Cameron there? Like, did you ever see Cameron? And every single person said no. Wow. So, Interesting. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm not surprised. But at the end of the day, when I left the theater, I was like, that's that's probably why. Sorry, it's, Ryan, we can keep out of that. So I think I think that's a really interesting point. And I, so I've never uh, I, I've never been 
to that attraction the universal studios one i never saw that i think it's similar to like the stuff they would do like with captain eo at like uh, disneyland where it's like an original film that's produced to be a part of a ride Mm -hmm. and it is interesting to think that that was made so long ago it was a lot closer probably to t2 directed by cameron probably with practical effects it's the last time we had cameron direct actually terminator footage that was shown on a movie screen so different than what we just got in this movie it's like does sort of ask the question if Cameron had just decided to make another Terminator movie, if he had just decided to direct this movie, do you get practicality like you got with Fury Road where he decides to go and make Terminator with practical effects and he makes this a completely different movie? Does it, Can he do that, do you think? I don't know. It's a really interesting question because just because your producer is not on set doesn't mean they're not making choices. They're not right. making decisions. This is James Cameron. He knows he's putting his name on another Terminator movie, so he's not going to just fuck around. Yeah, right. So I think part of what Eddie's talking about is interesting insider baseball, and I think part of it is just kind of nothing in the sense of right we don't it doesn't know. really matter that james cameron's not there on set every day he's still getting the dailies he's still talking to tim he's still probably seeing cuts before anyone else is sure. he's probably there in those all the production meetings so i think it's interesting um i i think if tim miller was a lesser director it would have impacted it more yeah tim miller's already proven to us through deadpool that he's a good director he knows comedy he knows action he knows how to tell yeah. a story so i i like the idea that james cameron isn't there controlling the set yeah. I don't think that's a good thing. I think that if he's not there talking to Tim regularly about what he's producing, that's a problem. And I don't know about that. And I don't know if Eddie can speak on that or not. But it is interesting to think about this this universal attraction yeah, and right. what that's like. I don't, I don't, I've never seen it, so I have nothing to say about it. But. As a Terminator fan, I, it's actually... I, I wonder if the footage, if that film portion of it is actually available to watch somewhere. Yeah. Because I'd be curious to know. Like, I remember, obviously, in T2 when they show the future sequences and you see, like, the Terminators walking through and the skulls getting crushed. Mm -hmm. It looks cool. And I do wonder, I do wonder, right, if, like, the the shortcoming of this movie, because I've heard more than one person talk about how even, like, the poster, Ryan, if you pull up the poster... You, you can even see the image in the bottom center of the poster for Dark Fate, not not for this. Uh, the image of the skeleton separating from the the T one thousand. It even looks kind of campy on the poster. Oh, and it's really because I saw saw I saw one of the things in like a metro in the UK or something where it showed it was like a a post, yeah, like a, like an actual post that was holding up the metro, and then it had the the Terminator coming out of it. Yeah, it looked really sick That's in my funny. mind. Yeah. It's it's just really interesting, like, just the, the whole conversation about this. Because, you know, obviously, I think, you know, like, if you, if you zoom in on the bottom there, I just, I've seen it on billboards, and it's just kind of like... Oh, down at the... I see what you're saying. It kind of looks lame. Yeah. doesn't look very cool. Well, I also think that having her holding the hook and chain on the cover is, like, kind of a disservice. Yeah. Also, because it makes it look campy. Yeah. When, it, when she has a lot of really badass moments, and if you save that to just show you at the end, yeah. like, as a surprise, I think it's way cooler. Agreed. Um... <clears throat> Uh, big, big shout to Mac Ryan in the chat with his first comment of the day. I hate this movie. Yep. Five star general salute. Ryan. Salute to Mac Ryan. General a lot Ryan. of a very very interesting chat today. Uh, <laughs> feels like I'm arguing with my family. Um, but yeah, big big shout out to Eddie Green there for for all the work that he's put in. He knows more about Terminator than you and I do. Definitely, yeah. Uh, with his eyes closed or while he's asleep, and uh, to get that little bit of insider information was super cool. So go check out Eddie Green's 101 on Twitter. Give him a follow. And uh, as I was just talking about Tim Miller, Tim Miller made his feature film debut directing Deadpool in 2016. Initially, Miller and Ellison had talked about Miller directing a new Terminator film after completing Deadpool 2. When Miller left Deadpool 2 project in 2016, he took on Terminator as his next listed project. And here we are. Yeah. So and then you you mentioned, you know, David Ellison from Skydance. You know, he's a big financier of a a lot of the Universal stuff. So he gets behind... um 
you know, Paramount stuff as well. He gets behind the Mission Impossible films and, and you know, puts a lot of money into big projects like this. Um, written by David Goyer, Justin Rhodes, and <clears throat> Billy Ray. You know, Billy Ray, who's also a director. And uh, finally, you know, David Goyer, who's so involved with stuff like, you know, the Dark Knight trilogy yeah. and, you know, Blade and all that. So you have a lot of uh, pretty reputable people making this movie. I think a lot of the things that work about this movie probably are attributed to the experienced creators. And did you feel attached to anyone? No. Yeah. That's probably one of the great shortcomings of the movie is mm-hmm. that I didn't really get much of an emotional response. I think that's when you talk about comparing it to T2, where one of the biggest comparisons is, is that by the time that Schwarzenegger Arnold, yeah. has the, there is still one ship left and he's lowering himself down. You're like kind of heartbroken. John saying goodbye. It's heartbreaking. In yeah. fact, that's one thing I do want to talk about is, is John, the opening scene. I mean, that's yeah, what someone a- earlier in the chat had written something and it was, yeah, it was very confusing in the movie when you saw it. And I wish I could, uh, we got about, looks like 10 minutes left. Um, I, I can't remember who it was, but they said, what is it with the new Terminator movies hating John Connor so much? Genesis made him a bad guy and dark fate. They just straight up murdered him. Yeah. And I didn't, I was lost for a moment, right? When right. when John gets killed, you're right. just like, what? Eh, does not compute. <laughs> I the CGI I on, I mean, the CGI on him, the, I think of the three of them, the, the worst was the Schwarzenegger CGI. He looked good. Yeah. His armband was so fucking so insane. Um, but uh, I it, definitely thought that, like, the John Connor CGI was, the furlong was weird. It was, like, weirdly good. I was like, this just looks like him. It just looks just like him. I don't know how this... I was like, is this footage they shot? I guess you maybe cast a kid that looks exactly like him, and then you have to do, like, very, very light digital enhancing to his face. It's weird, too, because at Comic-Con last year, he was there and was like, I'm in this movie. He did an appearance. People got... Edward Furlong was announced as His name was in the credits. Yeah. So maybe it's him, but I don't know. But it can't be that... I don't know. I guess maybe you get a kid... To do the movement, and then you do you have him. I don't know. My, it's, I'm not smart enough for this, you know. And Linda Hamilton, young <laughs> young Linda Hamilton, looked fantastic. It was, yeah, it, it was it was bizarre. So um, I definitely think that that was uh, really really interesting. Um, so let's oh, get it was Ivan Soto. Ivan, thank you so much. Go ahead. I said let's get into uh, critical and box office here. Yeah, I want to make sure we have uh, an extra five ten minutes here at the end. Ryan, are we good to go a couple minutes long? We're good. Great, terrific. This is the this is the sad part, right? This is where we get into the the, the sadness. And so Paramount produced this for about just under two hundred million dollars. It was released November first, twenty nineteen. It grossed twenty nine million dollars as of yesterday, domestic, and an additional ninety four and a half million foreign. For a grand total, as again, this is as of yesterday, of $123 million, even though it opened at number one, making $29 million. This is this is horrible. This is the worst thing that can happen for you if you're a Terminator fan. I mean, yeah. It's, it's done. A, it's over. I, I, you'd have to, considering how bad the last few franchise installments have been, uh, you know, there's not, <laughs> there's not, like, and we've been burned is the funny thing. Like, so T3 was its own unique mess because, like, it had Schwarzenegger still at a pretty young age in terms of his ability to play the role of Terminator. You didn't have to, like, you didn't have to come up with a storyline to make him older. Yeah. He could still just be kind of young-looking Schwarzenegger because mm-hmm. he, ja- he was jacked. But then, like, T4 goes for something completely different, which, by the way, guys, stay tuned today. We are going to be doing a trailer reaction for the Terminator Salvation trailer because we so both remember sweet. that trailer was awesome and the movie's terrible. So bad. But... <laughs> 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 but uh but then and how was it yeah <laughs> yeah that movie yeah um so uh oh, was that him freaking out yeah yeah set. that's a classic one we should react to that trailer yeah <laughs> just react to the audio just, of that. yeah, that's so bad oh, so it's, it's, yeah, it's hard so to uncomfortable to. um and yeah i just think that like this uh 
we're movie critics. We see almost everything. Mm-hmm. We talk about almost every movie. And we owe, like, we owe it to ourselves to see this. There wasn't going to be a world where we lived in where we weren't going to review Dark Fate. Yeah. But aside from that, if you're just like Joe Schmo movie fan leading up to the release of this movie. I probably wouldn't have went. I would have had a hard time recommending anyone to go see it. Because, like, yeah. there's zero... I had started to hear good things. And I remember seeing a featurette. It was a featurette from the the fight in the um, in the factory at the beginning. There was, like, a... There, I remember watching this little behind-the-scenes featurette. And think, oh, that actually looks pretty cool. I was like, that's... I, maybe maybe this will be better than I think. And that was the first, like, glimmer of hope that I had had. But yeah. That's, like, again, you're talking about... People, like somebody like us who goes and watches behind the scenes featurettes of Terminator movies. Like aside from that, the buzz on this movie was absolute turds. It was yeah, there was nothing. And it was you know the one thing for us that we that was like kind of a small glimmer of hope was that okay, well we're getting to see it this early on. That must mean that the studios have some amount of faith in it because usually if a movie's bad, they try to bury it and make make you see all the critics see it like the day before it's released, right. so the word can't get out about how horrible it really is. So. Really, really interesting. Um, you know, Mac Ryan here says <clears throat> that he disagrees with me. It isn't the worst thing that can happen as a Terminator fan. It's a good thing because the franchise can finally die. And Mac, we talked about that at the very top of the show, saying that it does feel like this is time for Terminator to die. And if that's the standpoint you're taking as a Terminator fan, I actually I think that's a pretty unique one. And I think it, it, it actually makes a lot of sense. I feel the same way about... You know, I wish Jason Bourne was good enough of a way for them to close the chapter on it. Right. But it wasn't. It was just bad enough for them to never make another one. So they did close the chapter. And it's rough. Like, we, you know, again, we, you talk about being somebody who's pretty pretty aware of what's going on in movies. You know, you see the first movie in a franchise. You see the second movie in a franchise. And, and if they just keep making them and they keep getting worse and then they just start releasing them straight to video and then they start to be VOD movies. I mean, you talk about Sniper with Tom Berenger. Like, yeah. You know, my friend Chad is uh, is the other guy now. He's basically the main guy in the Sniper franchise. They've made like nine movies, and they're all like straight to video. And you know, they're they're entertaining. But like the first Sniper movie is pretty sweet. It's a pretty good movie. Yeah. But anybody who anybody who had any faith that that franchise was like, I guess, uh, legitimate in terms of like major box office. You know, like a big cinematic theatrical thing. They made like nine of them. So like, it's not anymore. And everybody knows that. And like that's what's. That was what was happening to Terminator was the franchise was going from being awesome, reputable, to getting worse and worse and worse and worse. This is a pretty good movie to go out on. Yeah, it really is. And like, you know, the movie itself will probably end up making between three and four hundred million, I think, by the by the end of its run. You know, it's only been out for a little bit. It's just if you think about a producer, you don't want to pick up a franchise or an entity or an IP and be like, well, it should make double its money, hopefully by the end of four to six weeks. That's never anyone be like, sure, take my $200 million. Yeah. No, that's not the way it works. He goes, I want to make my money back opening night. I want to make my money back opening weekend. That's what I want to do. And right. then go from there. Totally. Um, so, <clears throat> Critical, you said you wanted to hold off. IMDb gives it a 6.6. Rotten Tomatoes, the Tomato Meteor gives it a 70. The audience gives it an 85. What do you give it? So I think, and it's important to establish the scale because if you guys are watching for the first time, uh, the scale that I use when I rate movies is that ten is perfect. Ten's like the best movies ever made. Ones are unwatchable, and fives are exactly average. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like to use the five is like seven's not average. Seven's a pretty good movie usually. Um, and for me, I think when I think about this movie in retrospect, I'd probably give it pretty close to the IMDb score, a little higher. I think probably more like a six point eight, but like. Yeah, six eight, six nine, almost two points above average. It was enjoyable. I liked a lot of it. Like for me, when movies get close to eights, they're really, really good movies. Like yeah. so, 
eh, like maybe a seven, but probably like a six, eight, six, nine. See, I think I find myself probably in between the two <clears throat> of on the tomato meter here. And I think I go if I'm encountering in all three with IMB at six, six, I think I'd probably give it like a seven, two, seven, two, seven, yeah. two to seven, four, maybe. Yeah, I actually really I like this movie a lot. I, I really did. And I, I went in with pretty low expectations. And that's probably a part of why. And I love Terminator one and two. I'm not a diehard diehard Terminator yeah, fan, so I'm yeah. not offended by the idea that a movie could be good or that they killed John Connor early on, even if it was a little bit weird. Um, favorite line is uh, is the next segment on the show. Favorite line is always tough when you see a movie a screener weeks before we do our show because yes, we could be like the old model of, of critics and come in there with a notepad and pen and paper and, and write things down, but. We just don't do that. So I, we like to be fully engaged and experiencing. Yeah. And I don't like it at an important moment when something happens to to check out to write something down. Well, I don't like to. I don't want to bring a notepad in, and I'm not going to do it on my I phone. Do my phone. People think I'm on my phone. Yep. So I'd rather just. I'd rather go in and if I'm writing it and I need to write something <clears> that's like very. I, if you're a written critic, I guess I understand the necessity. Yeah, you have to have points to yes. reference. You need to create a, a compelling narrative in like you know 500 words, but. If we're talking about like we do, this is our reviews are an hour long. We get to talk about it all day. So I, it's really tough. I can't remember what my line is. I think it's when Sarah, I can't, I, I can't remember if it's Linda or Mackenzie is talking to Natalia or not Miss Reyes. And, uh, and they say something like funerals don't help the dead and goodbyes don't help you oh, or yeah, something yeah. like that. I, remember that I can't line. remember exactly what it is, but I really liked it because the idea that, holding a funeral for a dead person doesn't do anything for them yeah. i've always thought that was a very interesting thing like having funerals i mean i get the celebration of life and death blah 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 but that i just can't remember the second part of the line i can't i think it's saying goodbye doesn't help you but that feels a little wrong because yeah. it feels like saying goodbye is like a very important thing in life totally. especially as humans we, we seek closure um but anyway that's my line i can't remember who says it i can't remember exactly what it is but that's that's about all i can remember from yeah. a favorite line i mean obviously the the drapes conversation is, is pretty hilarious. Some of the comedy lines, yeah. right? I'm, ex- I'm extremely funny. I thought some of the comedy lines were some of the strongest. Um, uh, somebody asks here, Ivan Soto, uh, have I ever given a movie a 10? Definitely. Movies get 10s. I mean, on my 100 Movies I Missed Project, I gave Pretty Woman a 10. Yes, you did. I, Goodfellas, I think, is a 10. I think there are, there's a lot of movies that are 10s. Gave, uh, I give Vertigo, Vertigo a 10. Vertigo a 10, yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's honestly, there's a ton. The Godfather <laughs> Part 1 is definitely a 10. Um, and I see movies that I think are perfect sometimes. It's just even my favorites point breaks not a 10 i love point break it's not a 10 you know like, yeah. uh so anyway uh those are our ratings here guys let us know in the chats here if you think that uh this movie where, where it where it you know sits on that scale you don't um, have a, you don't have a line couldn't remember one i think it's probably <clears throat> one of the comedy lines yeah i guess so we have just a few minutes here left um and i do want to make sure that we get to talk about the action face-off so i'm gonna i think i'm gonna eschew here the uh, paul denuzio question just because paul was part of the face-off so i think we can honor paul in another way yeah well the question is despite the lack of execution in terminator salvation i feel that if terminator is to move forward they have to get away from uh the somewhat stale formula do you guys agree or disagree and i think the conversation that we've had about the franchise needing to die actually answers that question i don't think they can change the formula to make it better i yeah. think the franchise is just done yeah i agree so, go ahead action face-off so patreon.com slash team action we, we started doing this thing uh we started it last night and it's basically a debate style show we're running every other sunday it's a 
available to patrons only as far as contestants. This first one was only broadcast to patrons, but starting next show, we're going to we're going to broadcast it to everybody on our YouTube channel. Yeah. And it's basically the question this week is what is the best Jack Nicholson role of all time? So if you guys have ever watched like a movie fights, similar kind of deal. Everybody has to pick a different one. You get, you know, an allotted amount of time to argue your point. There's some trivia mixed in to kind of change it up. Uh, and we do the whole thing through a Google Hangouts type of thing. And Paul uh, Denuzio, who runs our Patreon and is one of the legendary senior staff members of Action Industries, helped us run this. Yeah, and he basically we, helped us host the entire thing. It was so fun. We had a handful of people competing. So I judged last night. And part of judging is obviously you have to pay very close attention to, yeah. to the competitors' arguments, but also to prod them with your own questions when they rebut or rebut. Yeah, rebut. Because um, I, I think it gives back a, for a better rebuttal. But we had Wiley Todd, AJ Lancaster, Luke Sweezy, and Ben competing alongside Nick Gilmore, who's another general in the Action Army. And I judged it, and it was it was awesome. It was so it was fun. So fun. It, it was, was it was hilarious. Uh, it was <clears throat> it was compelling. Uh, Wiley Todd and 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 Luke Sweezy, who we hadn't interacted with as much, because uh, obviously the generals in the army, AJ Lancaster and Nick Gilmore, we we interact with quite a bit. But yeah, we got to know Wiley and Luke a little bit. Luke was a former debate kid, so he had come in with like written notes fully prepared timed to, out oh it was really impressive um i got to the the head-to-head finals in this one i got to go head-to-head fighting for joker um and he was fighting for one for the cuckoo's nest uh, rp mcmurphy yeah and uh it was just so much fun I, a big shout to aj lancaster general lancaster uh <laughs> for, <laughs> he had some connectivity issues early on which really stumbled his argument uh, and he was also fighting for for warren schmidt and about schmidt yeah it was which, hilarious which is definitely the you're, you're there that's it's an uphill battle if you're going against like the joker and you're going against a few good men and so um that he went first he, he had to fall on the sword of going first yep and at the end of it drew just asked him like how do you think that went adrian was like oh it went horrible it's horrible we all just started dying laughing because you know you can tell when someone loses their yeah. argument like halfway <laughs> through they forget what they're saying and also how quickly 60 seconds can go by so big shout out to those guys and to you that if you haven't checked it out patreon.com slash team action sign up at any level i mean yes if you're at the two or the three highest levels you are guaranteed a spot to compete in one that you submit for essentially if we're not overloaded but we do pick anyone from any of the lower tiers once a week one person or excuse me, once every time we do this once every two weeks for the face-off someone at any of the lower tiers can be brought up to compete luke sweezy is at the one of the lower tiers and he actually won he was so. a randomly selected person so yeah and then if you win you get to be brought back so patreon.com slash team action there's tons of perks but this particular show, uh, three of the five slots every week are going to be awarded to uh, the the captain, general, and five-star general tier, with one of us filling the fifth slot, the other one of us judging, and then a lower tier is the fifth spot. So next, the next subject we haven't quite decided or announced yet, but uh, we'll be doing another one of these in two weeks. It was so much fun. I had such a great time hanging out with all, all, all you guys, and uh, it was just great. Yeah, it so. really was. Um, so make sure you guys check that out, and... Uh, Oh, I have to do a quick plug. I'm going to be on uh, the show that you were on last week or two weeks ago, Chill to Action, with our our good friends Paul Denuzio and yeah. Richard Eric Jarvie. Yep. That'll be tonight, probably around 8.30 Pacific Standard Time. But check that out. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, 8.15. So, uh, Ben, there are three action movie categories. Totally ridiculous, totally legitimate, and ridiculously legitimate. Where does this movie fall for you? I think this movie is is probably totally ridiculous. Okay. I think um, it has it has elements that I like a lot. I mean, um, obviously, some of the stuff in the movie is really cool, but mm-hmm. like most of the stuff that was really cool was action. 
And, and when a movie has really great action, but the rest of it is kind of absurd, like, I think it's easy to put it in the ridiculous category. Like, John Wick is a good example of a totally ridiculous movie. Right. The action's fantastic. There's not much about this movie emotionally that connects to me, so I think I would have to put it in the totally ridiculous category. What do you think? I think it's in the middle category. I really do. I think it's ridiculously legitimate. I think that there's enough action in this. There's enough of there's enough stakes in it for me to care about what's going on. I wanted Arnold to live for a long enough time. I wanted Linda Hamilton. You know, like I cared enough. <clears throat> excuse me about their characters and who they were. I didn't care a lot, like enough to make it totally legitimate. But um, it was just enough for me. Stakes were grounded. It was just just right there in the middle. So, uh, guys, there are only two things left to do here. The first one of them is called The Pitch. Um, And this is an interesting one. So we might we might be covering Midway next week. Uh, It's written on the schedule here. Yes. Uh, We're going to see it. And if it's good at all or at least enjoyable, we're going to cover it. Now, this is an odd. This is this is a this is an audible. I'm doing live on air right now because I thought it was during the week and I've thought about running this by you. When I think about the biggest, dumbest, most requested war movie that has ever been made that's not Midway, that we've never done. Ah, no. (laughs) We're not doing Pearl Harbor on the show. (laughs) I'm teasing it. I'm teasing it for Jarvie. I'm going to work on him, Jarvie. But let's just all hope that Roland Emmerich's Midway is really awesome, because that would's what I would want. Yeah, if Midway to be great. It will be good enough for us to not cover Pearl Harbor. I (laughs) I feel pretty strongly about that. Um, We'll see. So uh, Mac Ryan here is and letting us know this is the first time he's ever interacted live on a an episode of AMA. Mac, it's really nice to see you in yeah, here, which actually really brings cool. me to my final point in yep. the show. That is going to be a quick general shout out. Um, this is crazy. There's a lot. There's too many. Give me my pen. So the first thing I want to do before we just give the full shout out is I want to give a highlight to all of our five star generals. Do it. Uh, we have we have seven of them. We have Brianne Chandler, Miss Movies, Jeremiah Morris, Mac Ryan, John Getz, Jake Yakavetta, Lucas Shashek, and Alex Shashek. That's a household general combined. Kyle Grandetti and Paul Denuzio. Uh, most of those upgrades were last night on the stream. It's the highest level of generalship that you can be in the army. We yeah. had three as of last night. There are now seven people at the five star general. Unbelievable level. We, we jump into a little like general chat, like a, like a Google Hangouts with the generals every single show before we go live. We talk to them more than we talk to our own family at we, this point. We also had several other upgrades to the general level, which yeah. previously was until a week ago was the highest level you could even be in the army. And that's uh, oh and. Jake Yacovetta is also a five-star general. Yes, Jake Yacovetta, also a five-star general. And then the other upgrades, we had Cody Seal bump up to a general. We had Danny Joyce bump yes, up to general. Super, super cool to see Love that. Danny. And uh, yeah, we can't thank you guys enough, honestly, for your support. It just blows our mind. And every other general we have as well, Andrew Hayes, Billy Belford, John Patterson, Kelsey Kirkland, uh, Kyle Hilbert, former general. Um, we have Tamara Buddha. We have Sari Lamanmaki. Uh, that is all of the generals. That's a lot of names. We just remember. So uh, thank you guys all so much for your support. It, it keeps the action brand rolling. Uh, check out the action guys. We'll be doing, I believe, Schwarzenegger versus Stallone on the show this week. Or the ranking of the Terminator films. I can't remember which. Yeah. Um, we love you guys. Bye. See you soon. From producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, and the entire Popcorn Talk Network, we would like to thank you for tuning in. For questions or comments, be sure to visit popcorntalk.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of the Popcorn Talk Network. Views expressed herein are those of the host only, and not necessarily reflect the views of the owners of this.